Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, all right. How's everybody doing? Uh, You can do way better than that. How's everybody doing? All right, awesome. Well, hey, I am so excited to be with you this morning. As Micah said, my name is Ben Moss. Uh, I do not go by Dr. Sauce, as some people like to call me, namely that group of people over there, uh, the college students. But uh, speaking of college students, this Sunday is actually TCU Parents Weekend. So if you are a TCU parent, would you just stand up right where you're at? We just want to honor you for the way you've loved on your kids. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, uh, Jamie said, you know, it's CCU Parents Week, and we'll just put Ben up there. We'll put the college pastor up there. So uh, I'm excited to be with you uh, as we're continuing in our series in Ephesians. Uh, Before I do, I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to our college students. Uh, Church, I just want to say this is one of the most rowdy, on fire, for God group of college students I have ever met. Uh, They challenge me every single day to love Jesus more, to pursue him more, to chase after him more, and I am honored. It is a joy in my life to get to walk alongside these college students. They are changing TCU's campus. It is not the same because of the way that these guys are loving the Lord. I literally had a meeting, uh, uh, this is not in my notes, a year ago uh, with the TCU chaplain. One of the things they said is they said, our campus is different because of what your church is doing here. And that is just, that's not a testimony to me or anybody else. It's a testimony of who Jesus is and how he is after 18 to 22 year olds changing their lives. Okay, amen. I just could go on about college students, but I love you guys and so proud of you. Uh, I want to just show a quick picture too of my wife and I. Uh, here we go. There we are. Uh, This is Charlotte and I, and in just, in less than a month, we will celebrate three years of marriage together, uh, which is awesome. We are not pregnant, though every person asks me all the time, when you have a kid, when you have a kid, when you have a kid, all right, so, but uh, love doing life uh, with Charlotte, and uh, she's enjoying my life. She's my best friend, and couldn't imagine doing life with anybody else other than her. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Ephesians 1. We're going to be camping out in verses 15 through 23 uh, together this morning. And uh, I just want to invite you, uh, like Jamie said last week, in our series in Ephesians here, if you're with us, uh, read the book of Ephesians once a week. I just want to call us to that as a church. Uh, Jamie did that last week. I think as we do that together, you're going to get even more out of our Ephesians series. Uh, but this morning, uh, I'm going to be unpacking for us a apostolic prayer that Paul is doing on behalf of the church at Ephesus. So apostolic prayer, basically what that means is that all throughout scripture, there would be different apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, you name them, and they would make these prayers uh, on behalf of the church, and they would pray, and you can tell that as they would pray, there was a father's heart that was in it, that they were asking, they were pleading that uh, the Lord would reveal to the church at Ephesus, Philippians, whatever it was, and so Paul is going to 
outline for us an apostolic prayer here in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. And there are so many different themes that we could pull from our passage this morning, but I want to pull out what I believe are five different things that Paul is highlighting for us, and specifically, they're things that he wants believers to know. And as I do that, I am just going to share, gonna, wow, I'm just going to share uh, some testimonies and testify to the goodness of God. Is that okay? Can I, can I just do that this morning? Can I just share some testimonies? Okay. All right. So here we go. Uh, if you want to stand on up with me, we're going to read uh, Ephesians 1 verses 15 through 23. Uh, and you'll see it up on the screen here any second. There it is. All right, so here we go. All together, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the main thing this morning is this. Through Paul's apostolic prayer to the church at Ephesus, God is inviting us to know him better, live into the hope of our calling, experience our inheritance in Christ, walk in the power of God, and submit to the authority of Jesus. I believe, that's a lot. I believe that Paul is highlighting five different things for us here. And we're gonna unpack them in just a few moments. But the first one is to know God more. Anybody wanna know God more in your life? Amen, me too, every single morning. Uh, The second one is to know the hope that you've been called to. Anybody need some hope this morning in your world? Amen. The third one is to know the riches of our inheritance in Christ. Anybody need to be reminded how rich you are in Christ? The fourth one is to know the incomparably great power of God. Anybody want to experience more of God's power (laughs) in their life? Amen. Uh, And the fifth one is to know the authority of Jesus in our world. So here we go. Number one, Paul's speaking to the church at Ephesus, and he's saying, I want you, church Ephesians, I want you to know God better. Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God better. In other words, the result of you obtaining wisdom and understanding is for you to know God better. Now, I don't know about you, but there are certain things in my life that I pray for wisdom and understanding for. 
It's not to know God better, all right? It is fantasy football season uh, around here. And if you know me, you know I'm a terrible fantasy footballer, all right? But what I know about fantasy football is when you go into each week, there are points that are projected for the player that is gonna be in your roster, in your lineup. Now, I'm praying, Lord, reveal to me, is that quarterback gonna uphold his points, you know? Because I wanna be sure that I am gonna win. I wanna beat Micah, all right, in fantasy football, okay? I wanna be victorious. I'm not competitive at all, in case you're wondering. Uh, But I pray for wisdom and understanding for worldly things, all right? You know, uh, for me, another one is uh, I'm on 121. Anybody? 121 highway goes to Dallas, okay? And uh, multiple times I found myself in the last month praying, Lord, should I get in the express lane or should I stay on the normal lane, okay? Because honestly, we know, if you know Dallas-Fort Worth, you know that if you get in that express lane, the express lane has started to have traffic too. It's, it's like bizarre, all right? So Lord, express lane, left, right, you know, whatever. I'm praying for wisdom, all right? I pray for wisdom and understanding for worldly reasons, Paul's praying for wisdom and understanding for eternal reasons. He's praying, Ephesians, would you come to know God better? Would you never grow tired of growing in your walk with him? Guys, can I just say, we serve a God who is indescribable and uncontainable. And I never want to lose my wonder of who he is. I never want to grow tired of discovering more and more of God's character, of his, of his nature. The moment that I feel like I've arrived, God flips it upside down. He's like, nope, you haven't arrived. You're, you have not arrived yet because our God is massive. He's huge. I remember um, when I was 12 years old, uh, my brother came home from this uh, summer camp and he told me, he said, Ben, I have to show you something. And I said, what? He said, over, over the summer, I learned how to do a Bible time. I, I learned how to spend time with God. Can I teach you how to do that? And 12 years old, my brother sits me down at the kitchen table, and he walks me through the word and how to journal and how to pray. And I had never known that I could have a personal relationship with God in that way. And till this day, 30 years old now, 18 years later, I do the exact same thing that my brother taught me. My eyes were opened when I was 12 years old. I I had no idea to the wonder and the mystery of who God is. I don't know what it is for you. I just know that God wants you to know him better. And there's an invitation for you to step into more of that this morning. So that's number one, know God better. The second thing, Paul prays for the Ephesians. He says, I want you to know the hope that he's called you to. Everybody say hope. Come on, Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now, this verse is actually directly cross-referenced with another verse in scripture, which is Romans 8.28. And Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So in other words, I think Paul's trying to say to us that the hope that we have as believers is that in the highs and in the lows, in the ups and in the downs, in the things we understand and the things we don't understand, we have an unshakable hope that the character of God is that he makes all things work together for good. Now, all things means all things, right? And I can get confused on that sometimes. Because if you're anything like me, my definition of God's goodness 
is not always God's definition of God's goodness. Because sometimes in my own life, I want you to imagine that this podium is a trial, okay? Um, I know it looks so much like a trial. Uh, Sometimes what I do is as I'm coming up against a trial, I see that something's going to be difficult, and I do this. Wow. And, (laughs) And I skirt around it. But you know what happens when I skirt around it? God brings me right back to it, right? And he'll bring that thing back up in my life because he's usually trying to build into who I am. Guys, the, the biblical way to development is not, th- is not around the trial, but it's most often through the trial. I love what David said in Psalm 23. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. In other words, it's in the valley that I fear no evil. <laughs> it's in that place that I find you. I think sometimes God allows us to go through things that are challenging or hard so that we don't forget where our help comes from. You know what my love language is? Comfort. (laughs) You know what God's love language is? Trust. Trust. What looks like trouble in our lives could actually be training. <laughs> I remember um, in 2016, it was January, and uh, I was going on one of my yearly retreats that I like to go on to just pray and seek the Lord about the new year. And I was 26 at the time, and one of the things that I was really desiring was to be married, uh, to meet someone. So I went on this retreat, and you know I'm in my prayer time during the retreat, and I'm praying, and I'm just saying, Lord... Uh, just lead me to my wife, you know, just reveal her to me, just, I'll go to the coffee shop, Avoca, you know, what, ampersand, ampersand wasn't around, neither was common grounds, I'll just, I'll go, Lord, wherever you want me to go, just lead me, Lord, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just praying, seeking the Lord, and I said, Lord, what do you want to say, where do I go, and I felt like the Lord said, Ben, I want you to lay down this desire for a year, And I looked back to God, and I looked back. Well, I didn't, like, look back, but I said back to God. I said, God, um, that that sounds really difficult. That sounds hard. I I don't know if I want to do that. And I felt like the Lord said, just trust me. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to lay it down for a year. Multiple times throughout that year, I wanted to go to Avoca, all right? Uh, (laughs) I'm acting like that's where you meet, uh, uh, like, (laughs) your your future. and, uh, and I felt like the Lord just kept reminding me, lay it down, Ben. Trust me, trust me, trust me. In December of that year, I get a phone call from a girl named Lisa Natalie. Lisa, are you here this morning? She's helping with kids. Of course she is. Yeah, that's great. She's serving. Oh, she's over there. Hi, Lisa. Awesome. All right. Uh, and she says, she says, Ben, I know it's going to sound a little crazy, but there is a girl who's in town, and I actually know her older sister. Her name's Charlotte. And this is going to sound totally out of the blue, but I think you uh, should go on a date with her. Are you open to that? And I went back to the Lord, and I just said, Lord, um, you told me to lay it down. And I felt like God said, you've trusted, with, you've trusted me. You're good. You're good. So I show up at Charlotte's house, and... <laughs> 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 I 
And, and I'm like, this is the girl of my dreams. Like, I'm looking at her. She walks out the door. I'm like, this is the girl of my dreams. We go on a couple of dates. And in 2018, in October, Charlotte walks down the aisle. And I marry the woman of my dreams. And I say that to say, I had to lay it down. Like, there, there's times in our lives where we go through things, we, we face things, and God goes, if you'll just trust me, <laughs> if, if you'll just open up your hands, if you, if you won't hold on to it so tightly, if you'll just open up your hands like this, because when we live our lives open-handed before the Lord, that's where his power can come in. That's where he can intervene in our lives, when we're humbled before him, going, Lord, we're dependent on you. Amen? All right, that's number two, the hope. Whew, okay, number three, here we go. He's called us to the riches of his glorious inheritance. Riches of his glorious inheritance. Ephesians 1.18 again. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now this verse is actually cross-referenced with another verse that Jamie preached on last week, which is Ephesians 1.7, which says this. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So I think Paul's trying to encourage the church at Ephesus and for us today as believers that the hope that you have been called to is that as believers, we have received the riches of all riches, which is forgiveness, which is freedom in Christ, which is being made new, being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You know, I, uh, uh, I want to be rich in a lot of things, um, like Tiny House World. Uh, anybody ever watch Tiny House? Okay, great. If you're interested in investment, investing in Tiny House, um, I'm your guy, all right? So, um, but, but Paul's saying, I don't want you to invest in things that are in the world. I want you to invest in things that are internal. I want you to invest in your walk with Jesus, the one and only, the, the one who makes you new, the one who heals you, the one who restores you. If we are walking with Jesus, we can't get any more rich than ourselves because Christ Jesus died so that we could receive an inheritance that we didn't deserve that is beyond what we could ever comprehend or imagine. Guys, Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn it. He came it to save it. He came in it to save the world. And no matter your past, no matter what you're facing right now, no matter what you did last night, you're clean because of the blood of Jesus. He is the clean one. And when you touch him, you get clean. I've heard it said before that Jesus is on a clean mission for unclean people. <laughs> and he keeps doing that. He keeps writing that story in our lives where he steps into brokenness and he heals and he steps into places that are unclean and he makes them clean. And in order to just testify to a little bit of that, I'm actually gonna ask one of our college students, Noelle. Uh, she's gonna come on up here and share a little bit of her story with us. Y'all give Noelle a hand. Oh, this is on. Okay. Good morning. Um, yeah, my name is Noelle, and I'm a sophomore here at TCU. Um, so before I came to college, I was, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't really walking with him um, and really found myself involved in the party scene and living for the world. Um, I would go to church on Sundays, but wouldn't really live it out on the weekend or during the week, just because I was afraid that if I started doing that, I wouldn't have fun anymore or like I wouldn't be cool. So I was like, oh no, 
I'm not going to be like the weird girl. I can't do that, you know? <laughs> and then I just had a really rough summer um, coming into the school year of just was totally broken and beat down and was unsatisfied because the world doesn't satisfy. And then I came to Antioch and saw all these super cool people that like loved Jesus and were like having the best time ever and were so joyful and you could just like see it in them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want this. So immediately I jumped right into discipleship and reading the Bible and learned that like I can't change my heart and nothing I can do. I don't have the power to say no to temptation. I don't have the power to resist the world, but the Lord does. And he rewrote my heart. And this past summer, I worked at a summer camp as a counselor, which I never thought I'd be doing either. Um, but <laughs> I did. And I received the best gift ever on my birthday of being washed clean. We took communion, and I just remember, like, being on my knees, like weeping of just like, oh my gosh, like the Lord has given me so much grace and mercy, like throughout this whole journey of every time I stepped back into sin, but because my heart was like aligned with him and like he was who I was chasing after, like he washed me clean and like in that moment I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best gift ever and like why don't I just receive it? And like now I'm thriving and I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life, so... <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Noah. That was awesome. So there's a, there's a richness, there's a glorious inheritance that we've been called to as believers. And I love how Noel testifies to that. Can I just say, if that's happened in your life, testify to it as well. Celebrate it in your life. There's enough negative things going on in the world right now, okay? We need some testification. Is that a word? Sure. Okay. To who... Jesus is, all right, an inglorious inheritance that we've been called to. That's number three. Number four is this. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, I want you to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Incomparably great power for us who believe. It actually goes on in verse uh, 19 and 20, and Paul says, I'm going to tell you what that power is like. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's like this. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. It's good power. In other words, the power of God has the ability to bring dead things back to life. Anybody feel like in your life you need something to be resurrected? Like maybe there's something that you've been believing God for for a while or, or praying for for a while and, and you've just kind of maybe put it to the side because it hasn't happened. I just want to I hope to infuse hope and faith inside of us this morning. God's not changed. <laughs> He's the exact same. And he wants to bring dead things back to life in our own lives. This past summer, our uh, college students and young adults had the opportunity to team up to go to Dubai on a short-term mission trip. And we were there for two weeks. And uh, while our team was out one day, we had finished up lunch and... Um, Somebody on our team said that they wanted to go get dessert. So we were like, of course, Lord, you, yes, you are leading us to go get dessert, Lord. We, we, will, we will do this now, Lord. We will obey, you know. Um, and so we're going to uh, get dessert. And I just see this guy that's kind of sitting 
uh, on the side of the street, and, and he has his head down uh, like this. And I just walked up to him. I sat down next to him, and uh, I said, hey, man, what's your name? He said, my name's Alamani. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he said, do you have time? And I said, yeah, I've got plenty of time. He goes, well, um, two years ago, I left Sierra Leone, which is in West Africa, to come over to Dubai in order to find a job uh, so that I could send money back home to support my family. But he said, on the journey to Dubai, um, I actually got my passport stolen as well as all of my documentation. And so he said, for the last two years, I've been in here in Dubai. I've made barely any money, and I haven't been able to find a job. He looked back at me, and he said, I'm really kind of feeling hopeless right now. He said, I, I just, I, I don't really know what to do. And I said, Alamani, um, you know, man, I don't really have any money that I can give you. And I don't really know how to get you a job here in Dubai. But I can tell you about a person named Jesus who I believe can bring dead things back to life, who I believe can put hope inside of you. And Alamani looks back up at me almost with tears in his eyes. And he says, you follow Jesus? I said, yeah, I follow Jesus. He said, when I was a kid, I used to go to Catholic school, and I would hear the Bible stories about who Jesus was. He said, I never made a decision for Jesus, but after those Bible stories would be shared, I just remember having this hope inside of my heart. And he goes, for the last year, I have been praying that I would re-meet a follower of Jesus. I said, okay. <laughs> Amen. We go out to lunch, and we had a big pizza together. It was awesome. And while we're having lunch together, I share the gospel with Alamani. He makes a decision for Christ, and he looks up at me, and I said, you know, how you doing, man? And he goes, I feel like hope has reentered into my heart. And I put my hands up there right in the pizza parlor. You know, they were probably like, who is this guy? And I was like, yes, man, that's it, dude. Because that's, I didn't say dude, uh, that's... That's what Jesus does. He brings things that seem hopeless or, or, or things that seem down, and he infuses life into them. And he produces hope out of darkness. He produces restoration out of painful circumstances, out of painful situations. The cool part about that is Alamani actually got connected with our long-term team there. He's now doing Discovery Bible study uh, every week. He's now sharing this message of hope with his other roommates uh, that are living with him. But God connected the dots. God aligned it all up so he could make it happen. There's a power that God wants to release in our lives to bring things that are dead and produce life out of them. So that's number four. The last one is this, the authority of Jesus. Paul says to the church of Ephesians, I want you to know the authority of Jesus Christ. And he unpacks the authority for G of Jesus for us in our last three verses in the passage when he says this, beginning in verse 20. He's talking about Jesus. He says, he exerted him when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I want to just draw our attention to two things Paul says about Jesus. The first one, he says that he's seated at the right hand of God. In biblical times, if somebody was seated at your right hand, 
it was an automatic indication that you were in a place of authority, that you were in a position where uh, you had power and authority. When it says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, it's saying that Jesus is sharing in the power that the Father has, the power and authority that he has. The good news is that if Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, that means that you and I have an intercessor. <laughs> that means that you and I have someone who is praying on our behalf. Romans eight thirty four says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Jesus was fully God and fully human. <laughs> so that means we have an eternal human that is sitting at the right hand of God in our lives. That means we have somebody who can relate to us because he went through the things that we did. And that's why Jesus has authority in our lives because <laughs> he can relate to everything that we have been through. You know, I've started realizing that sometimes I run out of things to pray when I'm seeking the Lord or in my quiet time. And, um, you know, Jesus never runs out of things to pray for you. <laughs> he, he is always interceding on your behalf right now. He's doing it. It's good news. The second thing I love about the authority of Jesus that Paul says is that in verse 21, he has the name, it says every name that can be invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Jesus Christ has the name that is above every other name. <laughs> the name of Jesus, it's never gonna wear out. It's never gonna wear out. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I had a blanket that I liked to sleep with and I called it Blanky, uh, real original. And uh, the name of Blanky, it wore out, all right? Uh, my wife has nicknamed her car Lois, uh, 2017 Honda Civic, okay? Lois, I'm sorry, she's gonna wear out, all right? Eventually, it's gonna wear out. We give things names, but the things that we give names to, they're not gonna last forever. The name that God has given his son is gonna last forever. It's gonna last for eternity. And guys, I wanna get better at declaring the name of Jesus in different things in my life because there's authority in his name. There's power in his name. Last story for you. I had the privilege in 2017 to go over to Greece to be a part of helping with the refugee crisis that was going on in that country. And one of the things that we would do is we would go into the refugee camps and we would just uh, serve people and share God's love with different people that were in these refugee camps. And so we ran into this one particular guy. His name was Yasser. Uh, and we shared with him about Jesus. And Yasser said, hey, I'm not really interested in about Jesus. I'd love to spend time with you. We said, great. We'll love to spend time with you too, man. We'll, we'll hang out, whatever you need. We, we just, we wanna serve you and love you. Um, and he said, please don't actually bring up Jesus anymore in our, in our conversation. We said, great, sounds good, we respect that. So we go back home that evening, and that evening we just begin to pray. And we just said, Lord, would you reveal yourself to Yasser? In Jesus' name, would you show Yasser who you are? Would you speak to him? Would you give him some type of opportunity to come to know you? We declare the name of Jesus over Yasser's life. That night, one of the people on the team has a dream, and they wake up in the morning, and the team member comes to me and says, Ben, I had a dream last night that we were back in the refugee camp, and we were retelling Yasser about Jesus. I think we should go back. What do you think? And I said, <laughs> you know, no, I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, man, if you feel like it's from the Lord, we'll, we'll go and do it. So we go back into the refugee camp, and we're coming around the corner 
to come to Yasser's tent, and Yasser comes walking out of the tent, and he says, come here, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, what? He goes, just come inside my tent, just come inside my tent. So we come inside of his tent, and we sit down with him, and he says, you're never gonna believe what happened last night. I said, what happened? He said, well, while I was sleeping, my brother-in-law was poking me and woke me up, and he said, Yasser, you have to read this book. And Yasser's like, what, what book? And turns out that we still don't know to this day, somehow there was a Bible underneath Yasser, brother-in-law's pillow in the middle of the tent. Yasser from 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning started reading the Gospels. And he read the story of Jesus and who he was. And he said, I know now that Jesus truly is the Son of God. And he is who he says he is. And I'm ready to give my life to him. That summer, we walked with Yasser for three months. I think we actually have a picture. Can we throw the picture up? There it is. Oh, man. And this is Yasser getting baptized at the end of the summer. As we spent three months helping him to walk through the scriptures, learn, discover uh, who Jesus was more and how to share about the Lord with other people. And I, I share that to say, guys, we stepped into something in intercession when we declared the name of Jesus that we didn't or weren't able to before. And as we land the plane this morning, I'm going to invite our, our ministry team to, to come forward. I don't know where it is in your life that you need to speak the name of Jesus. Uh, but I believe that there's an invitation for you to do so. And you may feel like, man, I'm on, I'm on a mountaintop with the Lord. You may feel like I'm in a valley. You may feel like you're close to the Lord. You may feel like you're far away. But what I know and what Paul teaches us is that the heart of God is that he wants to draw you near. So our ministry team is going to line up here uh, this morning. And we do this at the end of every service. And we just invite you to respond. We invite you to um, ask the Lord how he would want to encourage you through the word. So just going to invite you to be standing uh, right where you're at. And before we jump into ministry time, I'm just going to pray briefly here. If you don't mind, just uh, closing your eyes with me for a moment. I just want you to, to pause for a second and just to think about what, what is that one thing in my life that I feel like is, is just blocking me? It's hindering me from being able to come to know Christ more. I don't know what, what that is for you, but I just want you to imagine it right now. Just think about what it is. And then as that thing comes to your mind, I, I just want you to ask the Lord a very simple question. Just say, Jesus, what do, you, what do you have to say about this? What do you want to say about this? And just, just let the Lord speak to you. Let him encourage you in that thing. speaking to you. Just just agree with the Lord. Just say, yes, Lord, I, I agree with that. I agree with that in my life, Lord. I trust you, Lord. 
put my hope in you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you this morning that you have the name that's above every other name. And so in every place in our lives where we need to be reminded of that again this morning, we just speak out your name and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can open your eyes. We're just going to go into a short time of ministry here as we do one more song of worship together.